What's up, gentlemen? You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. I'm your podcast host and the curator of this awesome thing, Charlie Ungamak. Today, we have an interview for you with a man that I uh, know and love and respect um, to the nth degree. Um, he's the kind of man that to know him is to love him, and if you don't love him, you at least respect him. He's a man of God through and through, um, doing an incredible job of leading young men and women, um, not only leading them in faith and leading them closer to Christ, um, but leading them towards the public ministry. He is Pastor President Mark Zarling from Martin Luther College. If you know him, you know exactly what I mean. Um, he's a wonderful man. Uh, thankful that he took the time to sit down with us and to talk a little bit about himself, a little bit about uh, Martin Luther College, and a little bit about the uh, incredible things going on up there on the hill. Um, but before we get into that interview, remember that you need to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're the most active on Instagram, but we're also uh, on Facebook. And then there is a community on Facebook as well. It's called the Gird Up Community on Facebook. It's a great place for you to interact with other men. Uh, we want to help that thing grow and, and get closer to our Heavenly Father as we get closer to each other. Friends are incredibly important, um, so don't be afraid to get on the community. Also, don't be afraid to reach out and contact me. All my information is at the end of the, at the, end of the show and the outro. If you just, even if you just want to share, even if you just want to talk, um, you can shoot me an email, shoot me a text, shoot me a, a message via Instagram or Facebook, whatever it is. Don't be afraid to reach out to me. I don't get a whole lot of feedback, frankly, and I would love to have a lot more feedback from you. I would also love to be able to converse with the with the men who are listening, um, so we can. Um, you know, build each other up and I can keep providing better and better content for you. Um, I, I, I want to hear from you. I'd love to learn from you. Um, we have lots of things that we can share with each other. So don't be afraid to be in contact with us. Um, after our word from our sponsor here real quick, and by the way, I, um, th- th- so you're going to hear from Pastor Steinberg talking about his uh, podcast. And I honestly, every single morning, listen to his podcast on the way to school. That's my personal devotion in the morning. I get up, I take a shower, I read my Bible. Um, like I said, I read from the book of Proverbs every day. I read from the Psalms every day. And then if I have the time, I'll read another section of scripture. And then in my truck, on the way to school every morning, I listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast. So I'm not just putting this on here because, you know, I want to, um, you know, schmooze Pastor Steinberg or something like that. I, I really, truly enjoy his content. Um, I really, truly am enriched every single day by what he puts out there. So uh, I love you guys. Hope you're having an awesome week. Today's interview is with Pastor um, Mark Zarling, who's the president of Martin Luther College up in New Orleans, Minnesota. And you'll hear from him and me right after a word from our sponsor today. Here we go. Today's Gird Up podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, son of Ken, father of six, including five sons. Each weekday on the Christ for Disciples podcast, I apply God's word to raising the next generation. If you are a parent, teacher, mentor, coach, or all of them, or have any other connection to children, consider taking just 10 minutes, 600 seconds a day, to listen to Christ for Disciples and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast by going to ChristForDisciples.com or searching for Christ for Disciples on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and all those other podcast providers. Every weekday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, take just 600 seconds so Christ won't take second in your life or the life of your children. Listen on the way to work or school or while making breakfast. Christ for Disciples podcast, empowering with the one who changes our children. Make it the best 10 minutes of the day. Christ for Disciples Podcast. Blessings to you. Yeah. 
You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right, today we're sitting down with President Mark Zarling from Martin Luther College. First of all, hello. Thank you for sitting down with us. Glad to do it. Thanks awesome. for the opportunity. Sweet. We, we love it. We love it. Um, and I, welcome to New Ulm, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Just rolled in. Yeah, make that first stop is always quick trip, right? That's and then it. You can then you can roll into town. And at least we have grass showing. That's right. That's right, which is more than you can say for Milwaukee right now. We've got about <laughs> six inches of snow in the last two days in Milwaukee, so... Spring is coming now. Spring is coming. All right. So first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your uh, your background, your roots, and then how did you become president of Martin Luther College? Boy, that's a long ways away as far as <laughs> from where I started. Born in Wisconsin, uh, grew up in southwest Michigan. My dad moved, took a call when I was a year and a half maybe. I don't remember. But that was my boyhood home. Ended up going through the min-ed schools, became a pastor, Served in Minnesota, about 70 miles from here, my first parish, in Danube, Minnesota. Then I served in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin, for 12 years. And then I served as a professor at Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary in Mequon for 11 years. And I taught Christian education in the Old Testament. And I've been here at Martin Luther College since 2007. So I'm pushing 12 years. Wow. So I've been institutionalized a whole lot more than I was in the parish. I don't know if that's God's quality control or not. Yeah, is that normal for like the president of the college to be to stay the same for a while, or does it change a lot? Usually, I I don't know. You don't my, know. my guess is it's usually 10, 11, 12 years. Yeah, that would make sense. The uh, higher education in America, the average is eight years, and then they move on to a different okay. college. Of course, we have a different system. You know, and right. they have a not an academic. They have a parish pastor as president for the reasons of the college, the mission of the college. Yeah. You think you'd ever go back to a parish ministry? In the Lord's hands. Uh-huh. You know, someday, who knows, semi-retired call, retired call. Yeah. But finally, everybody trained to be a pastor. And for that matter, everybody trained to be a teacher. You want to do what your first love is. Right. And the Lord sometimes puts you in places that seem two or three steps removed from the front lines, as it were. And yet, he uses you to try to get more people yeah. into those classrooms and pulpits. Yeah. Well, and it's pretty standard at, for seminary professors, right, to go back into the into the parish ministry after a little while at In the, the last, seminary. last several years, uh, when I was going through, not so much. Oh, okay. You were at the seminary, you kind of just retired there. But yeah. <laughs> more recently, there's been a little bit of that ebb and flow coming in and out. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's healthy. Well, and you get professors who are, I'm going to say, bringing real life and relatively recent stories of yeah. parish ministry. So that's that's valuable, too, as you try to mold young men. Yeah, absolutely. But let's talk about MLC. So uh, Martin Luther College, what is the purpose of Martin Luther College? So, and I quote, the mission of Martin Luther College is to train a corps of Christian witnesses qualified to meet the needs of the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. And then it goes on with the pre-seminary track, the education tracks, and elementary education, secondary education, early childhood, staff ministry, parish music. But the bottom line is it's a unique place. 
it's really probably maybe the only college in the country that is dedicated only to training gospel servants. And I'm grateful and I want to say thank you to the members of our church body that they allow a single purpose college to exist. It's expensive, but part of their mission dollar subsidizes this place. And some of that subsidy, if you put it out, well, average it by the student, it's probably, I didn't do my math now, but my guess is it's five to $6,000 right off the top. So yeah. what the student sees as their bill, and it's expensive, it's probably 21000 now for boardroom, all tuition, all fees. But that's still reduced probably by, like I said, 5500 or so from yeah. the real cost. So I'm grateful to God's people. I want to publicly say thank you because it means that our Senate is investing in getting young men and women into the Word. Yeah. Well, and on the same token, it is very uh, competitive rate for uh, uh, particularly a private institution. Yeah, in Minnesota colleges, we were ranked by Money Magazine number one in the state as far as value and quality. And there are a lot of, this This was both private and public. I mean, it was just pretty amazing. Yeah. So it was a, a blessing. And I have to turn that right around to God's people, their support through their mission dollars, people that give gifts and start scholarships. I mean, they're invested not in an institution. They're invested in the Great Commission. And they understand that this college exists to answer the prayer of Jesus when he talks about the fields are ripe. Harvest plentiful. Ask the Lord of the work, Lord of the Church, to send forth workers, and He raises up young men and women. And this college only exists for that great commission to try to train that core of Christian witnesses. And I might I might add something that when the mission statement was kind of uh, revamped a little bit several years ago, it was intentional to train a core of Christian witnesses qualified to meet the ministry needs. The identity of everyone here. Professors, students, it's not I'm a pastor. It's not I'm a teacher. I'm a baptized child of God. And that means I'm salt and light to the world, regardless of my vocation. Now, we train vocationally for full-time gospel service, but their identity has to be a baptized child of God. That's that brings the, the joy of Jesus. I'm wrapped up in his obedience. I'm washed by his blood. And his perfect ministry is wrapped around me through baptism. And that's what empowers, and that's what brings us strength and, well, stamina, if you will. Yeah. So that was intentional. Our identity starts with Jesus as his baptized child. And how do you, how do you teach that? How do you make that come about in a setting like this? That's a great question. Part of it, of course, is, is in the classroom, not necessarily always directly bringing it back to baptism, but to do so when it's opportune in chapel to remind them, and then also, how do we live? How are you molding and modeling? And to view each other as siblings in the Savior. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the other aspect. You're trying to train young men and women to think about gospel service. That means ministry begins now. Do you see that classmate or that fellow uh, student here at MLC as a sibling in the Savior? Do you see that person as a baptized child? And that means when sin occurs, and we're not in heaven yet, so it does, But that also means, do I love that person enough to lovingly bring the law and to absolve in Christ? And these are things important to learn now so that when you're in ministry, called workers are also protecting, praying, and encouraging one another, and as needed, admonishing one another. That's all part of the iron sharpens iron. 
Yeah. And uh, I think one of the cool things about this particular campus is that um, it, it's truly all phases of, of like everything you guys are doing here is, is ministry, um, whether it's music or athletics, and it, it all fits under that umbrella and all fits underneath that purpose. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Uh, like, Absolutely. Why is that important? Be glad to. Um, give you a couple examples. So every professor here at one time or another was in a parish uh, church or a school or was a missionary in some way has real life experience in ministry and you look at our faculty in all sorts of different ministries it also shows up in athletics so we have a pastor as a head coach for men's soccer we have teachers who were in the classroom you know coaching head coach in various sports assistant coaching what does that mean we're training young men and women who probably we're going to be coaching grade school someplace or maybe high school but they see the ministry of law gospel even at work on the field how do you talk to that person how do you rebuke that person how do you empower that person and to remind them if God's given me the gifts in in athletics I do that to the glory of God and that tempers the pride if we win the despair if we lose there's a whole lot more going on and God is shaping leadership skills and shaping all the the perseverance in life to do those things. And you can look at any of the extracurriculars that ultimately it ends up, these are things that teachers will be doing with their students, but they see, hopefully, and by the Spirit's grace, how Jesus should permeate everything. Not necessarily always spoken, but how you and how you do things, the love of Christ evident. Yeah. Well, I think there's also, on, on the other side of it, just the benefit for each individual student of being a part of an organization and a group that does you know, find their core and their center and their foundation in, in the gospel, too. Uh, particularly, like, so I, I was an athlete and I did music, so like for me it was choir and football, but um, like that opportunity to uh, be surrounded by and kind of go all in for um, like people that have the same faith you do. And having that as a foundation of what you're doing, as well as the desire to play or the desire, the desire to perform. Um, and that's a, it's a strong part of the culture you guys have here, too. And it's, it's a joy to see when teammates pull together. And it's not necessarily a great season when you go with lots of wins, <laughs> although it's fun. Right. But I remember one coach saying, yeah, we were pretty much zero in the season, and yet it was a great, great year because of the dedication, how the team coalesced, how they encouraged, even in a tough, tough, winning, winningless season, you see those fruits of faith. And that's, that's a lifelong lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly uh, when you're going into the ministry and you're going to be a part of a team. And uh, like, <laughs> having that, when you, when the, like, at, each, at each level, so like from, from middle school to high school to varsity and then to, to collegiate athletics, or performance, or, or the arts, like there is a step up in, in quality and intensity too. And so when you have people that can perform at high levels in high intensity environments, it's going to carry over to, to the ministry as well. Yep, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God, giving thanks to God the Father, yeah. to Jesus Christ. And it's when you're doing it, as it were, everybody paddling in the same canoe, it's amazing what the Spirit's doing. It really is neat. Yeah. And the other thing I, I'm going to circle back to the mission statement, you know, qualified, I mean, training Christian witnesses qualified to meet the ministry needs. In our strategic plan, there's the encouragement that every student has some type of mission trip, daylight trip, 
whether it's domestically, whether it's internationally. And in the last 10 years, it's been just amazing to see how God raises up students willing to do a lot of different things in a lot of different places and even overseas. And I'm amazed at it because some of them go overseas and teach for a year or two or three and come back as a real blessing to their church or school with those experiences. Some of them spend a week, you know, doing a soccer camp or Easter for kids or whatever it might be. And man, they come back revitalized for ministry. But all of them seeing a place different than home, recognizing there are all sorts of different people. There's all sorts of different contexts of ministry. There are all sorts of different challenges. And they realize, yeah, the word stays the same. And every human is a sinner. And we all need the law to crush our pride and bring us to our knees. And we all are filled with the gospel of Jesus and live a new life. But in that reality... Oh, what a variety of settings to bring that wonderful message of Jesus. So that's, that's neat when they get out and about and do that. If you will, learn by doing. And added to that, if they have the opportunity, they certainly go over and do a semester overseas. So what I'm, what I'm getting at is, despite a relatively small college with a relatively small student body, there's a world of opportunities if they want it. Yeah, yeah. So what are some of your favorite things about being on campus here? Favorite things about being on campus, number one, every fall, and I watch new students move in, and I'm amazed at the grace of God in Christ, that despite a world that is just a cacophony of chaos and sin, and Satan pulling out all the stops before the trumpet sounds, yet God's in control, and the Spirit touches hearts of these young men and women, and second career men and women, to consider ministry and every year somebody shows up mm-hmm. and every year you stand amazed at the gifts and their willingness and their eagerness to go we're not in heaven yet we still got plenty of sin here but we have the law and gospel to deal with it but to see how the spirit molds these christians into leaders it's just exciting yeah that's number one in my book yeah i believe it number you, two okay. personally is probably the calf i mean it just gets better <laughs> yeah. and better yeah, yeah, and the uh, just the buffet style makes it even more awesome. They're even getting healthy stuff, and man, oh man, when I was in college, <laughs> I tell you once, coming back from football, there was no food left, and the college football team came up, came in, and they put out about five loaves of bread and peanut butter and jelly, and that was it. <laughs> and I look now, anybody listening to this, come on up to New Orleans, Minnesota. Ask for me. Mark Sarling, I'll get you into the calf. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> it's one of the best places to eat in town. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you wouldn't get people coming up from the uh, from from the town of New Ulm if it wasn't great. And people come all the time. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. Do you get to interact with students quite a bit, or like what, m- what is your role on a daily basis look like? Uh, I'll start with the first question. Not as much as I want to. I don't teach. Here, uh, I do some teaching once in a while for the seminary. I have a pastor's institute coming up shortly, and I've done some satellite things more from the seminary. Uh, My role as president, a lot of it is external, so I'm on the road for conferences, uh, preaching, Bible studies. Certainly there's administration on campus, and that consumes a lot of time. There's interaction with synod and the various boards and commissions, and that, you know, the communication, so we all play in the sandbox, takes right, a while. Yeah. 
uh, as well. But if I can, once in a while, sit down at lunch and talk to faculty, just because it's, you know one-on-one doesn't happen a lot. I'll sit down once in a while and have lunch with students and talk to them. Once a semester, I try to have an open forum if they want to come in and you know ask the pres whatever you want. I'll pop in in a class 20 minutes here and there just to remind myself what it's all about. But that's, that's the fun part. And then as you get to see them not only in the academic setting but going to a concert or going to, to a sporting event or going to a play, just seeing the gifts God has poured out, that's neat. That's yeah. neat. Yeah. Anything, uh, anything in the works like, uh, that you guys are working on making, making better or improving or, or growing? Boy, I should pay you for that question. Thank you. Um, this summer, we're going to launch at the Senate Convention a capital campaign and called, called Equipping Christian Witnesses. And the campaign has three pillars. And the first one really goes back to the mission of the college. The first pillar of the campaign is recruitment. And everybody we talk to, everybody we send stuff to, we're going to ask them to pray for workers and I ask them to encourage young men and women to consider ministry, to get permission to share their names so we can get them on, on the mailing list or the database. We need to pray and touch our church body with the opportunities around the world to share Jesus. God loves us abundantly, and he is loving us with abundant opportunities and wonderful challenges. And we have to pray to seize the day and to pray people into ministry. That's the first pillar. The second pillar is a pillar for financial support, and we're going to try to raise under God three to five million dollars, but that's connected with a program called Congregational Partner Grant Program. And what that means is if Congregation XYZ has a student at MLC and they send up to $1,000 to support that student, MLC will match it. It's been so blessed in the first three years that last year we had almost... 500 students, about 460, I believe, that partook in that program. This next year, it will be expanded to also include fourth-year seniors, fifth-year seniors. This campaign and reaching that goal would allow us 10 years to really get this program in place and then to transition it through increased enrollment revenue into the operating budget. So we're not coming back every year to try to raise dollars. And the final campaign, or the final pillar of the campaign would be upgrading some facilities and looking at trying to put an indoor turf facility out on our athletic fields. Springtime in Minnesota is a real (laughs) roll of the dice, so this would really be helpful not only for interscholastic sports but for student wellness and activity. And then to look at a residence hall, which would be a focus of the campus in that it would include a learning environment, uh, social spaces, study spaces for groups. It would have a fitness center. It would have a kitchen. Uh, it would overlook and have a uh, patio overlooking the, the river valley. It would allow us then, when that is placed, to bring some students back on campus who've been housed in homes, also to take some of the student lounges in other dorms and put them back to lounges because they were made into rooms <laughs> to try to handle students. Right. But then down the road to gradually you know, take a dorm a floor or two offline to do some upgrades and improvement. We have lots of old dorms. And that's all part of a master site plan that goes out 50 years with a lot of other areas that we can focus in on. But we want to make sure whatever we do, we don't undo in two years because we weren't thinking ahead. 
Right. So that's pretty exciting. But the key component is asking God to raise up more students. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, well, this is a podcast about manhood and Christian manhood, so we got to ask the question, uh, what does it mean to be a man or what makes a Christian man? Great question. First thing that popped into my mind was my mom, who died and went to heaven at 98 about three or four years ago, one of the things she said, and she raised five boys, no daughters, the character of a man is noticed in how he treats a woman. And I think as I reflect on that, and I think back of the words of, of Jesus in Ephesians 5, when he talks about husbands loving your wife as Christ loved the church, being a Christian man means, Lord, help me to reflect your love and help me understand that love is a one-way, unilateral decision you made to rescue me, and I was pretty unlovable. In fact, I was damnable, and you came and did it all for me that I might see your smile, the Father's smile. For a Christian man, it means coming back to see Jesus and to understand that my love doesn't rest on what someone is doing for me or how much they love me in return, but rather, for Christ's sake, can I serve not only my wife, but every woman or every person in front of me. And when you think about how Paul put it, he talked about submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. He talked about that our attitude should be like Christ and that we don't think of self but think of others. Christian man means being a servant, rolling up the sleeves to do whatever it needs. It means stop looking at self, looking to the Savior and looking to others. It means manning up to do the hard things no one else wants to and to say, in Christ all things are possible. When I'm weak, he's strong. To me, by the Spirit's grace, the miracle of being a man in Christ happens. Yeah. I can't manufacture it. You can't manufacture it. It's got to be the Spirit through the gospel that helps me be what God says I am. Salt, light, child of God, servant of the Christ. Yeah. On that token, then, um, what, what does your, uh, how do you make sure that you're getting the, uh, the gospel? What, what does your Bible study or your devotional life look like? Another great question. Um, usually every morning, although I have to confess, some mornings if I'm on the road or just the schedule's all messed up, I have to keep coming back and starting over. But I'll, I'll start with a little bit of Hebrew and Greek, and it's, it's basically one or two verses of each. It's in a book that MPH publishes, Treasures Old and New. And then I'll try to read from Treasury of Daily Prayer. I think that's the name of it. Um, you get a little bit of Old Testament, you get a little bit of new, uh, Psalm in the New Testament, and then usually there's a writing from one of the Lutheran fathers. At supper time, if I'm home, my wife is home, we try to read meditations together. Uh, we also have the NIV one-year Bible, and we'll sometimes read the New Testament section in that and just talk about it. And the other devotional life is it, it maybe will sound counterproductive to what you've heard because you've heard don't make the book, allow the, the word of God, the holy book, to just be used professionally. And I get it. We shouldn't just be writing sermons or lesson plans and just doing it for our job. But I do say to myself, what a blessing from the Spirit. He allows me professionally to use the word of God. So then I pray, Lord, as I get this ready for someone else, start with my own heart. 
and to make it a devotional study before I make it a professional study. And, and by that I mean, what's Jesus saying to me? And that helps you as you create applications for devotion or, or lesson or, or sermon. Because you're thinking of an individual and you're thinking of a sinner, and everybody can relate to that. But my point in saying that is I try to view that as a blessing of God that I can have devotion really all day long in my ministry. And it's, Lord, prevent me from the temptation of making it professional. But it ends up trying to submerse yourself into the Word. Yeah. Well, there's that... Uh uh, it's an anecdote, and it's, and it's not completely true, but you can, uh, I've heard people say you can always tell what a pastor's pet sins are based on what he preaches about, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's the Probably understanding. Probably true. <laughs> I know, right? But it's the understanding that uh, as a, a particular as a called worker, um, but anytime you're fired up about what you're doing and you're really passionate about it, the, the lines between personal and professional do start to blur in some good ways um, where you know, you're setting yourself up for success in both arenas by, by what you Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And one of the th- things students and called workers, too, struggle with this time, and how do I balance being, in my case, a husband and a father and a grandpa with being a pastor or president of a school? And everybody's got to struggle with that. And yet we do it wrong. We think in terms of there's a limited pie, and it's called 40 hours a week. And then after that, well, then everything else is family. Instead of saying, oh, God is infinite in his abundance, and he's given me a lifetime. There happens to be X number of hours, true, but I wear the hat of a, a dad all the time. I wear the hat of a pastor all the time. I wear the hat of a husband all the time. It's not like you try to divvy up each piece of the pie. You live your life. And you try to always put first those around you. And there are times when ministry might crowd out a plan to take your wife out for supper. But then there are times when, because of the opportunities of flexibility, you know what, honey, you're coming first this time because I can wait to do this later, or the kids. But to get away from this trying to balance the balance scale mm-hmm. approach to time, you'll yeah. drive yourself nuts. <laughs> you're going to be so discouraged because it looks like I'm working too hard this week. Yeah. You know, And then to bring me back down to earth once in a while, I look at God's people, and they're working 50, 60 hours, and both spouses are working, and they're hard raising their kids, working hard, they're bringing them to church and Sunday school, and then they both get involved to church besides. And woe is me if I ever start complaining about how tough I have it. Look at what God's people are doing. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Teddy Roosevelt said if you can either wear out or rust out, right? Um, but yeah. that doesn't that doesn't mean you can't grease the grease the joints every once in a while. And uh, it also like if if for me to live as Christ and to die as gain, then I think I can take a little extra stress every once in a while for the sake of the kingdom. So. Yeah. And then going back to that whole devotional time, and sometimes you end up you're reading scripture, and the Spirit just stops you cold on a couple verses. And before you know it, it's 20 minutes later. That's not only, a, um, what's a good word, a worshipful pause. That's not only something in which the spirit touches the soul. It is one of those balanced times in which you're brought back to think what's really important. And that refreshes you as you think about the, the pressing urgency of things that aren't really important but got to get done. But you pause to see the eternal significance with our eyes on Jesus. And that helps that balance. Yeah, awesome. So we want to be sensitive to your time here. I uh, appreciate you having you on and sitting down. Um, uh, if people want to learn more about MLC or Martin Luther College, how, where can they find that information? Go online, 
uh, www.mlc-wels.edu. And there's our website, or you can just punch in Martin Luther College, New Ulm, and it'll come up. You can check out our website. You can find my email on the website. Go under the directory. You can find our strategic plan, calendar, you know. And if you're ever in New Ulm, Minnesota, pretty little town to visit, lots of neat stuff. But stop in and walk, walk into my office, introduce yourself. would love to meet you because then I can pray for you and you can pray for the college. So awesome. we'd love to have you. Sweet. Thank you very much for your time. God Thanks for the opportunity. The cool. I really appreciate it. Jesus keep you, Charlie. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.